0: Jeff here, you and I, this classic movie. But when we want to talk about a classic movie like this, why don't we bring in a pro? You know what I'm I saying? I think that's the
1: thing. By the way, are, have we started recording yet? I mean, I know oh, you're yeah, recording. Oh, yeah, we're are, recording. This are is we a doing the podcast? podcast? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my okay.
0: goodness. Look at this, guys.
2: Hey.
1: Look. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hi, Nick. this is. Oh, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you oh, hear me? Also- oh, yeah. All yeah, right. This is-, this, is a little- uh, this is a little awkward. We actually thought we were getting Nick Kroll.
2: Oh, 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 oh. I mean, I could do some Bobby bottle service for you if you want. That um, would be great. That'd be nice. <laughs> that would Gosh. be nice. That would be nice. There's
1: nothing I'd like more than 45 minutes of Bobby bottle service. So if you could <laughs> get on that, that would I'll be. I'll see
2: if I can whip something up. No, okay, I'm the great. lesser of the two Nicks. I'm sorry. You're stuck with me tonight. We're, we're Cooper, happy. How are we're, you? We're happy with you, Nick. Don't, we're, don't, we're don't let Chip to Thank you. Year.
1: Yeah.
2: Good. Are we, are we going to go running? Is that the idea? I yeah, should... we're okay. still run. We're yeah. still running. The thing is, you have a Peloton? uh my parents might have a treadmill in their
0: basement okay why don't we do that we'll give you five minutes to get into some uh running clothes and uh, we'll just get we'll all be on treadmills you know what this could be guys this could be the worst okay get okay go video (laughs) if we really if we really try
1: hard (laughs) unchoreographed treadmill dancing i think that would be i think that'd be wonderful
2: i I think think like I think like Rube Goldberg even watches those videos. If he was alive and he'd be like, come
1: on guys, let's just, can
2: it be a little bit more about the music and less tone, about the tone gimmicks? it down
1: a little bit. <laughs> There's that one video they did, which is pretty amazing. The, the is it this two shall pass where it was literally a Rube Goldberg, the size of a factory. I mean, yeah. they just had this whole warehouse yes. and then they redid the whole video as a marching band, like yeah. in marching band regalia. And it's, another crazy not rube goldberg but just the way it's shot is unreal like i i I guess they learned that i guess youtube gives them i guess they get a lot of money for it but they have two separate videos for two separate versions of that song
2: they monetize both yeah i think that's what bands have to do right now if you're not good looking um You know, if you don't look like Megan the Stallion, you kind of have to come up with a gimmick. And these guys look, you know, I got to go to a lot of um, board game conventions. Yep. And I swear it's the members of OK Go are it's like them times 100. And yep. uh, so you got to you got to come up with a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Chip, we haven't even introduced our guest right now. We're just we talking not. to Nick like. Pretty much everyone probably listens to us Knows who Nick Proer is, but why don't we give him the official the official rundown? Yeah, guys, right now tonight with Junk Miles, we're talking UHF. Probably talk a little Alf. And when Chip and I said I'd love to talk about the movie UHF, I'd love to talk about the TV show Alf, we both said we have one man to get on this show. And when he said no, we said, how about Nick? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Very pleased to have on our show, independent entertainment professional, (laughs) co-founder of the Mighty Found Footage Festival, co-host of VCR Party, Willie's Garage, Saturday Morning Cartoons, my personal favorite, writer, producer, vegan, Nick Pruer. Nick, thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, Best introduction I've ever heard. Incredible. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. My assistant put that together. Fantastic. It just occurred to me that, so I'm I'm, um, in between tour dates right now, I'm in my parents' um, office, and I'm looking at my grandfather's medals on the wall. He has um, my grandfather, who passed away, has a Purple Heart framed with a Bronze Star, and then there's sort of the folded flag in the uh, sure. and yeah. and that's that's all here.
1: And I'm here to talk about UHF and L, so <laughs> making my grandfather proud. I mean, do you think he would be able to handle the technicality behind Saturday Sh- morning cartoons? Is that <laughs> I? No offense to your grandfather. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, he instilled a love of cartoons, I think, to my dad. He loved you know Rocky and Bullwinkle and Beanie and Cecil. So maybe there's some lineage there. Okay. All right. Um, you know what
0: your dad could, your grandfather could have done? He probably hmm. could have built a UHF antenna out of scrap metal, <laughs> put it on your parents' house and be like, there you go, guys. Oh, easily. Yeah. He yeah. could have done that. Yep. Um, any, any grandfather could have done that. They, they served in the war. They built their own home. They- yep, he
2: was a rural route uh, mail carrier for mm-hmm. most of his life after coming back from the service. Um, discharged from military after being shot twice and left for dead in a field. But could he talk about ALF and UHF for about 45 minutes? No, sir. No, he no, hasn't no. seen either of those.
1: And that's, and, <laughs> and Nick, that's why we brought you on, because we wanted
2: the expert.
0: And we couldn't get your grandfather. So <laughs> it's, it was one or the other. He was the first one we contacted. And condolences. We had no idea he was no longer with us. So I get it. And thank you. Yes. You guys want to get right into U- UHF? <laughs> UHF, guys, released July 21st, 1989, in the United States. Director Jay Levy, his longtime manager. Box office. All right, guys, I'm going to give you the budget was $5 million. What do you think the initial box office was for the 1989 when it was in the theaters?
2: Hmm. I'll say, I mean, I know it was basically only in the theater for two weeks. because I, I was yep. Three. I went to see it five times during the theatrical <laughs> run because I got to, I don't know if you had this feeling like when you're growing up and something was so specific to you, you're like, well, there's no way this is going to last. Like, I remember when the uh, show Police Squad was on and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. things like that where I'm like, there's, or Sledgehammer, the TV show, like stuff that was so hyper specific i just remember thinking it's too good to be true i gotta just enjoy this before it gets canceled because there's. you you
0: knew that even as a kid like that was part of your like worry thing
2: like this is
0: this is too good and i say and
2: you know what i was wrong about i thought that about the simpsons too i was like and when um jerry seinfeld got the uh seinfeld uh chronicles chronicles yeah i remember my dad and i watching that and being like well, this is too specific. No one's going to like this. We better watch these, you know, few episodes before they, they're canceled. But yeah, I did have that awareness, especially in UHF, I thought was that. And I had to see it while I could as many times as I could.
0: I, I was going to ask you, Nick, like paint a picture of where you were when you first saw it.
2: <laughs> so it was well, the same theater five times. This is the, I, this is the best summer of my life. Not, summer of 1989. Batman comes out. Yep. I'm huge fan of Tim Burton's Batman um i was going i was eighth grade going into ninth grade so i was kind of at the top of the heap socially um nice. and uh huge weird al fan and i find out he has a movie coming out so yeah i went to go see it and um i believe i saw it three times in the same theater right up by the university in uh madison wisconsin and a couple of times at the mall and uh that was it. I, can I share some photos? I know the people oh God, in the yes. audio version won't be able to see this. Oh, please. This is um, me opening oh. up uh, a UHF poster. In, uh, that was must have been my birthday in 1990, February 1990. Wow. Got it from the Weird Al fan club. And uh, this also came in the same uh, birthday. There's me holding up a UHF t-shirt. That I my think it was a double XL and probably is too big on me now, but at the time it <laughs> sure. fit me perfectly. <laughs> Larger kid, so uh, those are my uh, UHF bona fides right there. That, that is
0: amazing. amazing. That is fantastic. Um,
2: so, what was like- your
1: experience seeing it, Chip? Mine was I, I, I don't believe I saw it in the theater, and that was the year that like I think it really got killed because. Uh, by the way, did, did I mention, did, did I ever tell you this? I was at the grand, the, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? The, the world debut, what do what they call it? Premiere. Premiere of Batman 1989 in, oh, in Hollywood. I was, I was there. Whoa. I didn't go in to see the movie, but that was <laughs> the year that my brother won the Nickelodeon's Kids' oh. Choice Awards Challenge. My w- part of the prize that we had was that we had a limousine for the week with a limo driver and take us anywhere so that friday night we were riding around hollywood in a limousine he drives past uh grumman's chinese theater and says oh there's a movie screening tonight there's a there's a premiere i don't know what it is but this is a lot of fun he's like i'm gonna pull up i'm gonna get out open the door you step onto the red carpet like get out people because there's crowds of people there and he's like just walk out just then walk down the block turn the corner and I'll pick you up around the block so he comes around opens up we walk out into grandma's and everybody starts taking our picture like crazy cuz they haven't <laughs> seen the movie they don't know maybe we're kid actors in in and it happened to be Batman and they're just flashing pictures and we wave and then just walk down the street turn the corner and then he drove around and picked us up and we went to, oh. you know went to wherever we went next so uh yeah but that was such a big year for movies like so many blockbuster hits that i think part of uhf just got swallowed up like it was batman indiana jones the last crusade lethal weapon 2 rain man honey i shrunk the kids look who's talking ghostbusters 2 mm-hmm. back to the future 2 uh y- license you know, it- to
0: kill dead poet society when
1: harry met sally star trek 5 poor weird Al did not have a chance guys yeah no. There wasn't a chance. So I I don't remember seeing it in the theater. I don't believe I saw it in the theater. We were definitely big VHS kids and we got it at the video store and my brother and I, this was one of the biggest rentals of, I would have been in like sixth, seventh grade. And this, this was one of the biggest rentals that my, that Chantry household ever had. I mean, we just ran it over and over and over again.
0: What was the movie you saw most in the theater, Chip? I'm guessing, Nick, you haven't topped five with UHF. Have you seen a movie more than that? Uh,
2: Naked Gun was up there, (laughs) but I no, UHF was the most, I think.
1: Yeah. I I, I wasn't somebody who went to the movies to see something a lot, but I remember when I was five years old, uh, a little movie about an alien named E.T. came out. And I think just everybody wanted to see that movie, but it was sort of a kids' movie. So I was brought to the theater, I think, six times to see it. I mean, I loved it, but like I saw it with my parents, both sets of grandparents, an aunt, and uncle, oh a cousin. And so everybody would just take me to see E.T. So I, I saw that f- five or six times. How about you, yeah. Jeffrey?
0: Uh, I'm a little bit older, of course. I'm 72 years young. So I I believe if, if it's, if it's, if
1: I'm not correct, Birth of a Nation. Guess, <laughs> yes, I was going to say Birth of a Nation. That's what I thought. I saw the, the
0: the Muppet movie when I was a real wow. little kid, three times in four days in my hometown movie theater. Like we had cousins down. It was the summer and it was just like something to do. And like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's do it again. And they were like our rich cousins so they could afford to just keep taking us to the movie theater. Yeah. And it was just wonderful. Like, and that, you know, kind of holds a, a special place in my, my, my heart, these stupid Muppets that's a good
2: um, that's a good one you can watch that over and over yeah, all the cameos yeah, all the it's, songs it's perfect the, the songs were great the the vhs so the vhs for uhf i remember it came out um january 16th 1990 and i remember calling my my local video store uh, video country and asking them you know when does when when does it come out they had it on their calendar finally you know in december and I was like, well, can I buy it? Because I know I was going to be renting it a ton. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, this was at the time where videos were not priced for sale. Like, right. you know, I think the first one really that was for 20 bucks was Batman, which would come out later in, in 1990 for, for, uh, for sale. But um, so he said, well, yeah, but you have to pay the cost of the video store. So it was $150 <laughs> for the VHS. And so I saved my allowance from and like for some christmas money and all that stuff and i came down there with 150 in cash on january 16th and bought this prized vhs and just was like anytime i wanted friends to come over and watch it they'd come over to my place didn't have to rent it i i owned uhf still have that tape by the way
0: it's like farmer ted and 16 candles when he got the <laughs> underwear and he holds up the underwear like nico kids come in his house he's holds up
2: I own this. This is yeah. mine. King of wow. the dipshits. That was me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but That's yeah, amazing. I, yeah. Oh so God. I wore out that tape. I mean, it's it. I, at one point, I remember pledging that I would watch it once a week to my friends, and they'd occasionally check in, and I would lie and say, "Yep, watched it last week." I yeah. think it was Thursday. You know, and eventually that dropped off. But I, I have seen that movie more than any other movie. Period.
1: Now, the- were you a big Weird Al fan as far as his music?
2: Yeah, the first cassette I ever owned was um, uh, Weird Al Self Titled. Uh, no, is actually okay. just the, the self titled one with my Bologna on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. My, I had an older cousin. You know how they sometimes get you into music that is sure. a little beyond? So uh, he turned me on to Weird Al and uh, people like um, Barnes and Barnes yeah. and, you know. A lot of Dr. Demento stuff. So, that yeah, wasn't was, was that
1: yeah. Was Bill Paxson? Bill Paxson was a member, was part of Barnes and Barnes, I believe.
2: He's in the Fish Heads
1: video. Yeah, he yeah, is. yep. Yeah,
2: it was part of that. I guess they're kind of just weirdo artists, you know, kind of like the residents or something. And yeah, he was part of that collective. Let me give the audience just a brief. Uh, the box office was
0: $6.1 million on a $5 million budget. So, you know, and there was absolutely no marketing because Orion Pictures at the time, went under two weeks before the release of the movie. So there was really no marketing budget to it. Um, Brief synopsis of the movie, guys. After losing yet another job, George, weird Al Yankovic, wonders if there's any career that he can handle that could handle his outrageous personality. When George's uncle hands him the deed to a local TV station, George creates a series of television shows based on social satire and hyperactive humor with the help of his best friend Bob, however, a rival station's bitter CEO Kevin McCarthy tries to destroy George's wacky programming, forcing him to fight back. Nick, when you first saw this, was this a plot? Was this everything that you were like, yes, this really suits Weird Al, and makes a makes for a good movie?
2: I thought so. I yeah. mean, it was like a series of uh, TV parodies, which mm-hmm. he had done a little bit in, you know, music videos and on Al TV and things like that. And uh, so I thought it was, you know, a perfect vehicle. Like, he owns his own, Weird Al owns his own TV station. Like, that's the perfect premise. yep did you buy in right away?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I remember being so confused by Weird Al when I first <laughs> saw him. I was about... I was about six years old when were you scared
0: Chip? Cause you were, you weren't, weren't the bravest young boy.
1: No, I, I was, I was very frightened of, of his hair and his glasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was such a big Michael Jackson fan when you know, thriller came out when I was in like kindergarten, first grade and just watched the beat it video every, every time it came on MTV and then to see the beat it video, but not the beat it video. It was another guy doing it. And it's funny. I just didn't understand. I couldn't. Why is this happening? What was happening? And I loved it, but I just, I hadn't, I, I was so confused by it, but I needed to know everything about it. And then I got weird out 3d and which is a great album. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, totally bought into the move. The, I, I didn't care about the plot at all. I mean, the plot was fine, but it was just people throwing poodles out of windows. It was fake game shows and it was just so fast paced, you know, just move so quickly because all of these, uh, you know, you know, just diverges into all, all these different TV show parodies. And like my dream job was like, I want to make up t- funny TV shows. Like, why wouldn't I want to do that? And so that was a, uh, it was an inspiration, Jeff.
0: Nick, one thing that I know about you is you don't like unnecessary or wrong punctuation. I know that bothers you. Yes. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al is always in quotes, like yeah. that's his official moniker. How do you mm-hmm. feel about that?
2: I like that it's in quotes because it it denotes that it's a nickname. Okay, and yeah, that's how I feel about it. What What are your thoughts?
0: Oh, I, I I just noticed it for the first time. I was doing I did a deep dive on Weird Al, and uh, I noticed every time where it was officially. You know someone officially writes about him his website it was in quotes i thought maybe yeah it's, it's it denotes it's a nickname and also maybe like a copyright issue thing where he just wants to let you know like i own this okay that's be, good yeah. I'm, I'm glad i'm glad i'm glad you're good with it
2: i know he was like a college you know radio dj at san luis obispo and um he was just an odd guy i mean he's like a college kid in the 70s and played weird like stan freeberg and (laughs) spike jones albums on his college station looked like he did and played the accordion so people would go like oh look it's weird al you know and like almost derisively and he kind of owned it and you know uh sent when he sent in that cassette of my bologna recorded in his college bathroom to dr demento he put weird al on the uh on the uh, cassette tape. And so I guess that's why it stuck. Okay. Then it's allowed. We're good with that then. Okay. All right. Cause I didn't want to,
0: you know, have to <laughs> have anything upsetting for you, Nick about that. No, the, I know. Uh... I, I appreciate you pointing that out. Uh-huh. Um, one other thing, this is, this is a good fun fact guys. We're going to get more into the plot, but in foreign markets, it was called the vidiot from UHF because they were afraid UHF wasn't a worldwide, it wasn't known worldwide. And this was kind of getting past when UHF was a real thing. So they were afraid to call it UHF in foreign markets. <laughs> they wanted to call it the vidiot. And then they kind of compromised with the vidiot from UHF, which Weird Al hated, of course. <laughs> yes. In Mexico, terrible. it was called Los Tele- Telelocos, which tra- translated into the TV crazies. <laughs> <laughs> TV crazy sounds like a bad Saturday morning cartoon, Nick. That you, yeah. you would you would probably watch on your Saturday morning cartoon. Maybe a one hit. I mean, a one season um, uh, yeah, series, v-
2: voiced by Frank Welker. Most of, of the characters, I'm sure. Yeah, like uh, there, there would
1: be a a, a real movie, like a live action movie starring Tom Arnold, ten years later. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah um what did you think about the casting
0: this is this is what i want to get from both of you guys i thought overall really good casting except for one role which i thought could have been better so what about give me your thoughts guys
2: well this was the first time i'd really seen michael richards i didn't watch fridays right but i was like this guy is a star and i think you needed that because weird al isn't an actor um david bowe the best friend was i thought he did well of course kevin mccarthy was great yeah but um But yeah, I thought uh, uh, Michael Richards was incredible in it. Um, Victoria Jackson, um, you know, here's two people who are problematic sort of now, uh, Michael Richards and Victoria Jackson. That is the only thing that makes it sort of tough to watch now. Um, Oh, and I love Fran Drescher too. She was. Fran Drescher was amazing.
1: She was the best
0: true actor. Like she just jumped out of her scenes where everyone else seemed a little hesitant. She was just like, wow, you know, right away,
1: she just knows how to act and to sell the character. And Chip, I was never a fan of the nanny, and a- Fran Dresherby, I think became bigger than who she was, and you know, became a thing. Uh, but but I just rewatching it the other, day, I was like, she is so good yeah. in this role. Um, another person who I think really just I I don't know if you guys know this, Billy Barty was in that. Yes. Did you know? In reality, he's actually six. He was actually yeah. six three. Mm-hmm. wow six, so they did the lord of the three. rings hobbit sort of technology they, for that they did so I, I think that you know just to look to see what he did a kind of a gary oldman sort of mm-hmm. situation there and uh, I, I think that's really respect yeah it's really respectful uh <laughs> to, I just the, the way he brought that um wow. yeah but I, I thought i will say and i'm guessing jeff that the one role that you didn't love i didn't love uh victoria jackson
0: yeah i thought well the one thing i noticed which is really odd she had very few lines yeah so like She did mm-hmm. not have a lot to say or to do except for kind of to look starry-eyed and then look sad, um, which is kind of her thing. I mean, she is not to, you know, but she, in Saturday Night Live, when she was on there, she played the ditzy, you know, like, mm-hmm. what? But knowing that Jennifer Tilly almost had the role. Oh. And Ellen DeGeneres almost had the role. And when I heard Jennifer Tilly, I'm like, she would have been... I think perfect because she's a really good actress and she yeah. plays kind of that quirky flighty, but, you know, really cute at the same time. I think she really would have nailed it. Although I think she might've been
1: almost too close to Fran Drescher. Oh, like good that could have been a, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you needed someone. Well, you know what? Um, Victoria Jackson said she believes the reason she and Fran were both hired for the roles was they're, Goofy voices, like she you know she has the little kind of baby voice. Fran has the Fran dresser voice. She believes that was the reason that they were like that's what Al what what Al liked about that.
2: <laughs> I can I can see that distinctive. Yeah, you know who else is in this too is John Paragon who recently passed away from uh, who played Jombie and pee Peewee and was in, oh my you know, god. He, but yeah, he was R.J. Fletcher's son. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Dad. <laughs> you, Dad. So funny, and uh, yeah, just the little roles. And uh, who played the uh, Wild Kingdom? He was another good character actor. Um, was Rock- he?
1: Uh, I can't remember his name. And I believe he passed away during the dead. filming.
2: Right? Oh, yeah, Trinidad a- Silva. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah.
1: He
0: died in a he got a car accident before the film was, and they had other scenes for him yeah. that they were gonna do, like the cats were gonna come back and like seek revenge on him and all this stuff, and which would have been nice because I got sad thinking that one of the cats died you, mean, you <laughs> yeah. mean poodles poodles yeah close enough yeah well poodles are pretty close to cats yeah exactly i'm not disparaging poodles but <laughs> yeah. you know um yeah so that was said that that I, he died during that not to bring this down this is a, a celebration and, of a by the way
1: that yes. scene i think the rebels wild kingdom for my brother and i just shot for shot the funniest hardest laugh for maybe any movie just the way that you know the the licking of the turtles the the, the tossing stick he yeah. just there's one shot where he's throwing going to throw the poodle and just the look in the dog's eyes like you can actually <laughs> see the look in the dog's eyes is just perfect
2: i think that whole scene too because there's a, a you know when uh, weird al took took over um mtv with L T V uh which happened right after the you know success of eat it 1983 yep. um he would he was doing a bit called harvey the wonder hamster where he'd have this little wonder Hamster, be like isn't he cute they go to a close-up and then it would cut to a wide and you could see he had a toy but in you know on a, a sony 13 inch sony trinitron you know you didn't know and he'd go anyway that's harvey and he'd throw him against the wall <laughs> and it's the dumbest gay. <laughs> But the fact that it was so fake was what was funny. I mean, if you really it, thought animals were in danger, it wouldn't be sure. funny. Yeah. But yeah, clearly these, you know, when you see the pile of poodles, it's its like a, it's a Looney Tunes, you know,
1: yeah. cartoon. You know, another huge laugh that I would, and it's just so funny and it doesn't have to be there. And it's, it's just so weird is when he's at the party where he gets the deed in the first place and he's feeding his dog the punch. Yes out of the ladle, and then he's done with it, he just puts the dog, dog in, the, in punch the punch bowl. I mean, there's just, I don't yeah. know why that, to me, just hits me so hard, and is so funny.
0: There's a there's an Albert Brooks gag. It's one of the greatest gags where he has, like, a puppet. He's doing ventriloquism, and, you know, he's, like, really into it, whatever, and then he wants to stop and light a cigarette, and he just drops the puppet. <laughs> it's, I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's that same thing yes. where it's, like, you're taking care, you're taking, then you're just like, oh, fuck it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's another like um, underrated line that in rewatching it, I really love where Weird Al is dejected. He thinks that the station is going to crumble. And uh, so he goes to a seedy dive bar to kind of like, you know, drink away his worries. And he goes into the dive bar and he goes, ah, banana daiquiri. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the bartender makes him one. Yeah. Uh, and then blue glass umbrella. And that's also the scene where then he watches as the whole bar is you know, they love Stanley Spidowski's clubhouse, and you know, yeah, the janitor taking over turns the station around. So great scene all around.
0: I yeah. uh I the thing and I think it might have ruined it in the trailer for the movie, and it's just still one of the greatest scenes, is the fire hose. It's just so uh-huh. <laughs> so like michael richard's character saying was just so amped up and you know he was just like culmination of just a guy in manic craziness like uh <laughs> the kid who got shot in the face with the fire hose was the main stuntman's son oh is that who, right
2: yeah who found like, the marble in the oatmeal
0: yeah yeah so there's there's this whole thing and the main stuntman was in a couple i mean like was in scenes where he wasn't like stunting for someone. He was like doing stuff, but that was his son. So I could picture like we. How are we going to get a kid to actually? The stuntman is probably like Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: going to be in a movie now,
0: okay, Dad? What do I do?
2: You know the the um, DVD for um, UHF has one of the best commentaries because Weird Al throughout the, is you know not only giving fun behind the scenes details, but he gives the address of every shooting location. And they shot in Tulsa because mm-hmm. of the tax break, and they had all the locations they needed. So we were on tour in um, Tulsa a few years ago, and my partner Joe and I just went to all the locations Weird Al mentions on the... Oh, my God. So We went to where the, the station was. We went to where uh, Big Edna's uh, fast food restaurant was at the beginning. Is <laughs> that an actual... Was it called Big Ed as a no, was just, it was, yeah, but yeah. it was a fast food place. Now it's a car dealership, I think. Okay. Um, You can see where spatula city exterior was. Nice. Um, oh, by and, the way, I have to, yeah. uh,
1: I'm, I'm, Oh, wearing look at that. that city. Uh, Holy crap. Right oh, sure. that is the
2: best. I'm, I'm nice. so glad I was.
1: My brother just got this for me recently. So I
0: fantastic. Yeah. I wonder if anyone has the billboard. Cause you know, the billboard stayed up for months and months after filming confusing people who would go and like pull over and be like i I gotta see what spatula city's all about um let me give you a couple more fun facts guys you like fun facts absolutely yes ginger baker best known as the drummer for cream auditioned for the role of a panhandling bum in the movie (gasps) i could have seen that
2: (laughs) a denver mint double-dyed penny thanks a lot (laughs) mister
0: and if yeah. you've ever known anything about Ginger Baker, you want to watch a great documentary. Watch the documentary on Ginger Baker, and you could see that he might have nailed the role just as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, George and Terry only kiss once in the entire movie.
2: Okay. Yeah, I don't know that they had real sexual chemistry. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, which,
0: which I think added to the innocence of the movie almost, yeah. where it wasn't. I always kind of enjoy a movie where the romance is, is part of it, sure, but it's not overwhelming. And it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, they can just have their romance and love each other without these epic, you know, kissing scenes and discussion scenes, which I think was, was probably a, a good, good idea. Um, and let me give you. Uh, yeah, we mentioned Jerry Seinfeld was offered. Oh, we mentioned Jerry Seinfeld, right? Yeah. Earlier, he was offered the role of George Newman's best friend Bob Speck.
1: He mm. considered
0: it and turned it down because he wanted his own vehicle. And then, as you know, Michael Richards, Seinfeld debuted two weeks after this movie was released. Okay, wow. I was wondering about the Synergy, timing of that. Right? Isn't that amazing? Yeah.
2: But I thought David Bo did a great job. The, Me too. Of the, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a real actor. Seinfeld was not. So I feel like yeah. Weird Al needed sort of a guy He needed with some real actor Yeah. And to then play there was off of.
1: is it is it Anthony Geary? Is that his name? Yes. Uh the guy from like he's soap star from Gen- General, General Hospital. Hospital. Luke and Laura. Yeah, like one of the biggest things of the early 80s, you know, that pop culture. Mm-hmm. And then he's just this weird bizarre character who turns out to be an alien. <laughs> yes. G- philo i got
0: you got your question for that one nick philo mm-hmm. who was the role originally written for was it dr demento no nope. hmm. um he I was a know. he was a guy who was probably just coming on the scene i believe he had a show in your neck of the woods nick he watched the uh, he watched oh, I movies. Think i think i think
1: i know what it, is it joel oh, it was, joel joel yeah,
0: hodgson joel hodgson really? yeah really originally um weird al wanted joel hodgson but and joel considered it but he's like i'm not really an actor and i don't want to ruin things (laughs) (laughs) which is seems just like something joel hodgson would say but yeah anthony geary like weird al's like no we can't he's a heartthrob and they're like all right let him read and the second he read for it in that deadpan they're like you're hired wow Wow. I i didn't realize it was him me either until like at least halfway through the movie I just figured it was you know some other I have
2: never put that together until you just said it, and wow. I do know I did know that that character was based on uh Philo Farnsworth, the inventor of the television
0: television right
2: yeah, but yeah, I had no idea that was the soap star guy
0: um has weird al besides being weird Alice, he ever just been in a movie where he's
2: playing a character he's in um all three naked guns, um wow. once is himself. Where they're like Frank, they're not here to see you. Weird Al Yankovic's on that plane, and uh... yeah, he comes down. They're all (laughs) falling over him. It's great. But in I think in um, Naked Gun two, he like is sticking up the police station, and somebody (laughs) opens the door and foils him that way. So he's had cameos as people other than himself in those movies. Um, Other than that, I know he directed certain. You know, he's directed a lot of videos for Hanson and other people, and um, he directed Black Crows. And oh, yeah. And uh, he directed the opening sequence to Spy Hard, the Leslie Nielsen movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, But yeah, acting roles. I think he's pretty much usually just Weird Al. Weird Al. Because when you watch early videos like I watched
0: Ricky, you know, hey, Ricky, Mm -hmm. where he's literally looks nothing like himself. He looks like a very handsome man playing Ricky Ricardo. And I'm like, yeah, he has
2: range. <laughs> Definitely, like in the video for UHF, the music video too. He's like Prince, and he's like shirtless in a bathtub. It's like, oh yeah, he could actually be a heartthrob if he wanted to. You mentioned Prince, and I was doing some research, and pretty
0: much with Weird Al, everyone gives him the okay eventually to to parody his music. They're like, some people have a little hesitancy, like I'm a serious artist, I don't necessarily want him making fun. Some people had regrets, like Coolio got mad. But there was one artist who repeatedly refused to be parodied and didn't want Weird Al to even look at him. Can you guess who that was? <laughs> it was Prince.
2: <laughs> uh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Everybody I know who's ever encountered Prince has a story. He's- and it's, yeah, when yeah. If
0: you just figure, I, I love that they just tagged on and didn't even want him to look at him. Like, <laughs> Prince is like, no, he's he's weird. No. <laughs> that doesn't go with me. I don't, I don't want him looking at me because it might affect me somehow.
2: Yeah. My friend was a PA on a music video at Paisley park from Prince. And it was one where he was trying to, he was supposed, it was like a fake live show. So he's on a stage performing, mm-hmm. but there's nobody actually in the audience. You're just shooting the stage. But uh, my friend Marcus is the PA got in his eyeline. Prince <laughs> stopped in the music of the video, whispered something to the director and, and, uh, Marcus was escorted off and was not anywhere near the set uh, after wow. that. So, yeah, but I, I worked at a movie theater once, um, in Minneapolis and Prince and his wife at the time rented the whole thing out in like a Tuesday afternoon. And it was just me and the manager there. And, uh, he came in, was very, so They was going to see Shakespeare in love. And, um, and, uh, they just, they had popcorn. I served Prince and popcorn and, um, And uh, what else? I think he got a Sprite too, if I'm not mistaken. Now he didn't do caffeine, I think. So yeah, he got a Sprite and just said, thank you very much. And as, as most people say is shorter than, you know, you would even imagine, but uh, had a presence. Even even going to a movie had a presence.
0: That's amazing. Like, I, you know, I haven't met too many famous people in your line of work, you know, working on Letterman and stuff, you, you met many. Was it always, were there some celebs who had no presence? Because I know the few times, like Jon Stewart I've met, I've met um, Janine Garofalo, even low-key actors like that, they had that aura around them. You're just like, wow
2: you wonder how much you put on, you know, yeah. like, it, or or whether they actually have that. But yeah, yeah that's, that's a good, I think the, when I first started working there, I would have to, like, pre-interview the celebrities and stuff. It was, you had to be very deferential, but you couldn't also be, like, fanboy. It wasn't like you're meeting them at a movie premiere and asking for an autograph. You were a, a colleague, so you had to play it cool, even if, you know, like, I met Steve Martin, and, like, oh. I had to just be... You know, play it cool in front of the, and that was almost impossible. You're talking about um, Steve Martin from Shop Girl? Yeah, the, yeah, right. Okay. The, the, uh, guy who writes novellas. Yeah, okay. that guy. Um, but yeah, there, there were, uh, I guess there are people who are just weird, weirder, like Kirstie Alley was just completely like bonkers, That's, out of yeah. regard, um, nervous and all that stuff. Um, some people, yeah, I, I remember just learning a lot. Like, um, I think when Dave had shingles, like, uh, um, Luke Wilson stepped in and was going to be like a guest host. So I was kind of like, Talking to him and I was like, oh, yeah, because Vince Vaughn had been on the week before and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I was just talking to your buddy Vince Vaughn and um, he goes, ah, we work together, I don't know if we're buddies. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, as a not, as a, as a layperson, you think, oh, you worked on a movie together, you're best friends. I'm like, you, no, of course. Like, you, you were in an adult fraternity together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm like, I like, feel like an idiot now because I'm like, you know, if I think about somebody I worked with 13 years ago, yeah. or whatever, you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what they're up to now. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you had to sort of get past that. But you're right, like, I, even people who are pretty low key, um, had sort of a yeah. seem to have some kind of aura. Or like, I remember. So my friends from England um, had uh, they had been over in England and they lived in New York and they brought me VHS dubs of this show called The Office that they said oh you'll love this. So I uh, watched it. I was like oh my god this is the greatest show ever. And I brought them into the Letterman offices. The writers, you know, borrowed them. Were watching them and they got to Dave's office, and he became obsessed with Ricky Gervais. So before anybody in America knew Ricky Gervais, they flew him over to come, you know, talk about The Office. I guess it was just going to be next month on BBC America for the first time. And uh, so I got to produce a segment because I'm the one who introduced them to The Office uh, through these VHS tapes. And I remember being like awestruck by Ricky Gervais, but nobody knew who he was. He was like the third guest that night, but I was like, In the dressing room talking to him like for you know like hours beforehand just picking his brain because i just thought it was the funniest show
0: was he super excited to be there or was he yeah yeah but and i remember
2: him talking shit about graham norton and uh (laughs) but he was like you know what should we do you know i think he was there with stephen merchant who i had no idea you know who he was at the time and it was just really funny to kind of be at the beginning of some people's careers like that that's great uh, one thing that I
0: loved about getting back to UHF, it had that classic 80s movie where everything ties up in one final scene, mm-hmm. which, you know, whether it's like Footloose at the dance or, you know, like something. Karate Kid at the tournament. Where, and, <laughs> right. And everyone who is in the movie shows up like mm-hmm. there's this cars pulling up, you know, Philo leaves Earth. I think that's part of the majesty and the humor everything about it culminated and I, I don't see that in many movies anymore like but that to me was such a defining moment of that time and also kind of perfect for that movie. Chip thoughts Absolutely.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely the case. And it's just, you know, it's a bunch of weirdos, a bunch of outsiders that are kind of just turning the convention of the a regular movie plot, too. Like, it's just, it's, I was a big Kentucky Fried movie fan, which of course is just yeah. basically a series of sketches. And it, it just has that feel of just this total underdog thing that, like, I was like, oh, the cool kids at school aren't gonna think mm-hmm. this is funny or, or at least get it or even watch it. And I was like, this is sort of, I think I had, my brother and I had some sort of ownership of it. Nick literally, literally had legal ownership <laughs> of it. We had like an emotional, yes uh, we paid an emotional 150 dollars. <laughs> i think that's what and honestly we probably paid 150 in rental fees over the years as well see yeah um so
2: if anything i underpaid for that yeah yeah yes, it. it was did. a one-man video store yeah that did have the big triumphant ending it was a telethon they mm-hmm. just barely made it it was like you know and, and like a uh, revenge of the nerds was similar chip yep. you made me think about that with the underdog story where they're all at the at the uh, pep rally after the football game, and uh, they "We Are the Champions" comes on, and they give that big speech about you know if you've ever felt like a nerd in your life, well, why don't you come up here? Because I think I think the the freaks and the spazs uh, outnumber the <laughs> the pretty people, so come on out here, and you know it did have that everybody's here, yeah, the bad guy smirking, and you know RJ Fletcher gets. His come up and said in UHF and it's every little every
0: little thread tied up. You're like, how did the panhandler get the money? And then, it th- like for no reason, he's just like, and then I sold
2: this for two thousand
0: dollars, <laughs> telling you know. And you're like, okay, check that one off the 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 hanging thread. Check mm-hmm. that one off. Yeah, it was. I thought Billy it was just,
2: Barty trips. Yeah, trips the yeah. guy to get his revenge. <laughs> yep. So everybody gets what they want.
0: Nick, have you, I mean, this is a dumb question, and Chip and I were talking about it before you were on with us, seen him live, and before you answered, literally everyone who's seen him live saying it's one of the best just
2: live entertainment shows you can go to. It is. I recommend anybody, even if you're not a Weird Al fan, go. Right. Um, Because it is uh, costume changes, it's nonstop songs, and then during the costume changes, he's playing clips from his specials from, you know, the, the bit he does in um, on LTV where he, he like matches his background to a celebrity interview and asks them questions that weren't being asked and then uses their actual responses, you know? Right. Um, he's interviewing Madonna, you know? So he's got, you know, 40 years of those that he's inserting scenes from UHF. It's a, it's a multimedia experience. I've probably seen him, you know, I don't know, two dozen times. And, um, and back in the eighties, uh, and nineties, it was like state fairs and really small clubs. But then I saw him at radio city and, and, uh, at the Apollo, you know, a few years ago. And it's amazing to see how it's, I I never thought he would be like selling out radio city Music Hall and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but the fact that I think the internet age has really, um, He's found this new audience. So you go there and you see three generations of people,
1: um, for all who love Weird Al. Well, and that's the thing, because he is kind of a chameleon. It's like if you if you're a hair metal band, you're kind of stuck in the eighties or a new wave mm-hmm. group. If you're if you're a grunge act, you're stuck in the nineties where he's just aped all of those different genres so he can remain relevant. It was just a couple of years, maybe five years ago, where he released like it was like every day for a couple for a week or so, like a new video and it was just brand new artists. So he can just keep he could just keep hitting people at the music that they love.
0: Yeah, another thing we mentioned is uh, he's had the same band members since 1982, same core band, which uh, which is pretty cool. Like you watch the early videos, you know, some of the more rocking songs, like the band is really good. You know, they they had like, you know, almost like an alternative vibe to them. Like when you watch him playing on like some of the uh, early tracks. We have Steve J, John Bermuda Shorts, Schwartz and Jim West, I think were the core of his band. And I'm sure he has a bunch of other people in there now.
2: Yeah, there's a keyboardist, but but Jim. But otherwise, it's just those three guys. And Jim West just won a Grammy this year for a solo album playing like Hawaiian slack guitar. I think it's like a best instrumental album. So, yeah, it's like all these guys are world class musicians and have been together since like 1981. That's crazy. That's like a huge, you know, longevity for any band.
0: Who produced his first six albums, guys? Which famed rock and roller produced his first six records?
2: I think I know.
1: Chip,
0: you
2: want to take a shot? Yeah, Chip,
0: come on. Richard Springfield. Close. Oh,
2: yeah. is, is it Rick
0: Derringer? It is Rick Derringer. Is it really? Chip, do you know what Rick Derringer is most famous for? What song?
1: Uh, yes, and I'm totally Rick Derringer. Uh Rock and roll, hoochie Coo? There yeah. you
0: go, buddy. Is that what it is? That right. is it. Yeah. And he did a bunch of wrestling albums. <laughs> yeah. That's where I think like most kids were like, he produced like those early wrestling albums that literally were on the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like in a band, I believe, before solo called the Real McCoys, which is more of, I think, like a folk rock. And but yeah, rock and roll, hoochie Coo was huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Rick Derringer for Chip. You always like to have little, little, Fun facts, trivia, yeah. when you come, do you,
1: do you have anything you could maybe, uh, I do. and I, and I know Nick, you have to head out in a, yeah. in a minute or so. Is that right? Yeah. Do, yeah. I got some time. To... Okay. For a, yeah. yeah the we'll... next 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, so what I've done is he's obviously had a huge career throughout the decades, Mr. Al. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so what I've done and, and you guys can go back and forth if you want to, or just, you're just going to tell me if this is the real name of a weird out parody song or one that I made up. Okay. okay. That's all I have to do. But let Uh, Nick go first, of course. Nick, you go first, and then he he might disagree with you. We'll see. Uh, Number one, My Bologna. Okay, I'm going to say that is a real parody. That is a real parody that he did. Like a Surgeon. I say that is a real parody. That is a real parody. Can I give
0: you a fun fact about Like a Surgeon? Yes. I'm sure Nick knows this. Weird Al takes no requests from anyone to parody their songs. He absolutely doesn't want anyone giving suggestions except once in his life where Madonna approached him and said, how about like a sturgeon? And he said, OK, and that was the only time she actually influenced one of his which songs. is
1: pretty cool of her. I would think she might be somebody who errs on the side of like, you can't parody right.
0: me. No, that's the good only good time it Madonna.
2: happened. Yeah, one of my favorite stories is is um, how um, he, he was, uh, wanted to get permission from Nirvana to do a parody of Smells Like Teen Spirit. So he went to Saturday Night Live, the one that they were on, and talked to Kurt and the boys backstage. He says, hey, can I do a parody of your songs? And they said, "Was it going to be like? Kurt, Kurt Cobain said, is it going to be about food? And Weird Al said, no, it's going to be about how nobody can understand your lyrics. And Kurt Cobain was like, oh, that's perfect. So that, he got permission backstage at SNL for that that's one beautiful. i
0: wonder if if he said it's gonna be about food yes whether kurt would have been really excited or been like <laughs> oh <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah i don't know that's a good
1: question chip keep going buddy all right next one it's all about the pentiums <laughs> oh this one's this one's mine that is uh correct that is a real one yes oh uh yeah uh nothing compares to eugene levy uh i'm gonna say no that is that is not, uh, that, a is cool not. One. that would be a good one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Chip, record that I, yep. I might. Yeah. Um, now, remember, you got to think the time and the era too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beanie Baby one more time. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fake parody, but a good one. That is a, that, is, that is a fake parody. Um, Whoa. Uh, you you want know to song Louie Louie, right? Uh, this is Louie Louie, the ballad of Louis CK
0: uh <laughs> you want to get you probably should get on that one too chip i know it's
1: not a real one but it's all you yeah that is a fake one um <laughs> yeah. uh, M- uh mandel in the wind uh an ode to when if if and when howie mandel dies <laughs> <laughs> um yes uh that okay. is a fake parody that i want to see happen there's a fake parody how about uh eight six seven five three oh nine eleven now that one has some weight to it, if you think mm-hmm, about it, mm-hmm. and I think it can be really, you know. So yeah, okay. I like it. I like it. Um, here we go. Uh, uh, the economic and social unrest in Greece mega mix. Yeah, that's a weird L song. Yep. Yes, it is one hundred percent. Okay, weird, good. Weird yes, yep. um, walk like an OJ Simpson, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Uh, you know what? Yeah, because oj was probably
0: popular back then and i know weird al really appreciated the uh yeah the uh the the leslie nielsen movies that oj was in so yeah. i'm gonna say yes uh you gotta fight for
1: your right to end apartheid <laughs> yep yep and yeah. that is responsible for ending apartheid too it, it really did yeah um uh if you remember the heavy d and the boys song i do mm-hmm. it's my, my wedding song sure yes uh now that we found weapons of mass destruction it's always topical yeah yeah yep um, uh, baby Jessica got back up the well that one of was of course that's a real one yep. yeah
0: that that sounds real
1: and then of course going back to the early 80s uh, the final one here uh, see if he did it or not uh, crazy little thing called inflation whoa <laughs> yeah of course that's real yes so yeah. 80s mm-hmm. yep. There you go, Chip.
0: They're great. You do a lot of research, buddy. Those are I do. good. I, I, it's really... a lot
1: of research that I, a deep dive into his. Now
0: listen, his, just his because topic. he he says he doesn't accept any suggestions from fans or musicians doesn't mean he's not completely open to it, Chip. So right. you yeah. might want to get his email somehow and just send them to him. Okay. W- wake me up,
2: Leia Coca. I yeah. don't know. I'm just there trying you, to think. I, I'm trying go. to I like it. I like it. trying to workshop some stuff now. But yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, let's work up a it, list and send it to Al. I think there so. you go.
0: <laughs> show, show up at his house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know in 1982, Weird Al and his newly formed band played their first major gig and it was a profound disaster. The band opened for this then popular new wave band 1982. 1982. Um, the crowd did not like him. That's why it was the disaster. I will give you a hit song from
2: them Walking in LA. Uh... And then i'll not, give you their bigger hit <laughs> not, not pet shop boys um
0: they had a very
2: song walking in la yeah and then they uh, they had a very
0: um kind of sexy lead singer her husband was on drums played drums for frank uh zappa mm. their big hit was what are words for
2: Oh keep forgetting, you guys are a little I, younger. Yeah, but I remember yeah. the singer had um pink hair, sort yeah. of, right? Uh mm-hmm. oh, walking in oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know. That, I can't. Guys, missing
0: persons. Missing persons. persons. Missing. That ah. was their first performance. They opened up for missing persons. Wow. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Picture him just walking out with his goofy band like an accordion and it's just literally the height of like new wave just taking over that might've been like the biggest song on mtv and then him just coming out he said people were throwing stuff at
1: <laughs> you would just think that i i don't understand how people wouldn't people enjoy enjoy it right Like it's oh it's like beat it but it's not beat it i mean i guess this is before beat it but uh it's yeah i mean it's just fun i saw one of my favorite opening acts i ever saw was and this is relatively recently, probably a decade ago, maybe 2010. I saw Faith No More got back together, which I went yeah. with some friends. I'm not a huge Faith No More fan. I mean, they're mm-hmm. very good and everything. I saw them at the Man Music Center, so an outdoor amphitheater in Philadelphia. Um, the, the stage lights go down, and a man in a tuxedo walks out. It's Neil Hamburger. Neil hamburger performs for a faith, no more crowd. And just to see him and how much they hated it. But then you could just see (laughs) that moment where it just started to turn. And these kind of heavy metal guys started to figure him out. Yeah. Uh Win them over was one of my favorite things I've ever seen.
0: And I'm sure that was like, he's like, hell yeah, I want to do this. It's a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. As, As you're a stand up. I'm sure, you know, you get a little burnout and you're like, yeah, I'd like
1: a challenge. Uh, Going back to Nirvana, they had Bobcat Goldthwait open for them a lot just because Kurt thought it was hilarious how much (laughs) the fans hated the (laughs) And like, so he would get this, they became friends and like he would, he would go out and open for them a lot. We
2: we toured briefly or did some stuff with Greg Turkington who plays Neil Hamburger. And I get the feeling like we, we did one show with him where he went into this long, long joke. That has no payoff to it. And it's about like the four tops or like some old tiny band that nobody cares about. Yeah. And he goes, Yeah, I hated the audience, so I always throw in the four tops joke or something like that. <laughs> and he, I feel like he gets it's like a pro wrestling villain, yeah, where yep. he feeds off people not liking him or not knowing whether to like him. And like I know that he opened for Tenacious D one time and people were throwing stuff at him for that. And I just I I admire the commitment because yeah. Generally, I think I'm more of a people pleaser than that.
1: Well, And that's the thing too. And I'm looking right now. I, uh, I thought I had, maybe I don't have it. I do have, yeah, here it is right here. Uh, a Neil hamburger, uh, live album and it's, co- it's called, uh, the show must go off and it's literally <laughs> performed at a lounge at a dog racetrack <laughs> in Phoenix, <laughs> <laughs> and like nobody, there's a group of young guys up front who I think know who he is, but everybody else is just a lounge and they they just hate him so much. Uh, but you can there's a there's different audio where you can listen to the actual laughter, which there isn't much of. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one where it's just uh this like like where it's just like I think uproarious laughter, like they just sweeten it. And then there's one where it's just this like little like a little japanese girl laughing like at his <laughs> jokes like so it's just one little girl with his odd little laugh and it's the creepiest thing i've ever heard and uh,
0: yeah he's just constantly setting himself up for victories mm-hmm. by doing yeah. things like this, yeah right yeah yeah hey nick um, yeah he approached weird al approached paul mccartney he wanted to do a wings parody do you know what song
2: I believe it was chicken pot pie for live yes. and let die. If, um, and,
0: and why did Paul say no? Oh, uh,
2: I don't know. Oh, because
0: he's vegetarian? <laughs> yes, exactly. <right. laughs> that's you good. being a vegan, Nick, me being a vegetarian. I thought that I'd throw that one in. Yeah, for that's him. So a I, good one. I do love <laughs> chicken pot pie is just so like picture excited we're out on his mind would be like live <laughs> and let die, chicken pot pie. It's so just, perfect. I mean like that is just and he could have had the greatest song.
2: And ah, uh, That's a regret. I know I heard him live one time do a song that was um, a Billy Joel parody. That was, what's the song? It's still rock and roll to me. Uh, But he said, it's still Billy Joel to me. And it was about how no matter what he writes, it always sounds like Billy Joel. Uh, All the songs do. And then I recently heard Weird Al talking um, on an interview. I think it was on Conan's podcast. And um, he said that he does regret a few songs that he thought were a little mean that he did, even though that's only on bootlegs, it's not right, on the right. album. And I was like, I bet it was the Billy Joel one. Cause yeah. he's always, he's like, just has a reputation as being a really nice guy.
0: Here's a, here's a deep, a deep trivia cut. What former child actor is good friends with Alan, introduced him to his wife.
2: Former childhood actor. Yeah. Hmm.
0: This guy, this is, this is an old school child. He's like, he's a little older than weird Al, I believe. Butch I'll Patrick. Get, it's same same ear, maybe a little. While, I'll give you Lost in Space.
2: Um, young. Who's that kid? Not Adam Rich.
0: It's Billy Mummy.
2: Billy Mummy.
0: <laughs> it's, it's one of Al's best friends. He introduced him to uh, Al's current wife. I don't oh, know about great. that? And let's just get back to one more of the Beatles. He wanted to pen a, a, pen a parody of a Beatles song. With Barnes & Barnes, it was never commercially released, and it's a different Beatles song, a different Beatle, not George, but okay. this was written by, not, not Paul, this was written by George Harrison. So I think the song's out there, but it was never officially released.
2: Hmm. Well, I know oh. he did the songs just six words long with those traveling Woolberries. So mm-hmm.
0: it's very right up his alley. If I give you the song tax man, guess what? In the eighties, he wanted to
1: pack pac man, pac man. Yep. Yeah. So,
0: I, so Nick, if you ever heard, this is one of those things you're a super fan. Yeah. You're collecting, let's say you're a deadhead. You're collecting 1978 Nassau Coliseum <laughs> night three this is you at the, um, Eau Claire State Fair, sure. Night two, encore. Does he come out with Pac-Man?
2: Uh, I got to find it now. Yeah, right. I hear it. Yeah, gotta go
0: to your tape collector friends. Yep. Your weird out. Is um, there such a is there such I I feel a market.
1: Like, and I and I feel also like that the world is missing out. Like I really wish Pac-Man got a parody or like a novelty song. Written right. No it. one
0: No one even no jumped one on
1: that.
2: There's Pac-Man Fever, but that was a, a serious song actually. Yeah, somewhat. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, people they really
1: sure. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean they raised awareness about it.
2: Yeah. Um yeah. who's it Bruckner and Garcia? I think yes. it was yeah. <laughs> I had that album. Um, uh was
0: Pac-Man a Saturday morning cartoon?
2: Yes. Yep. It was. We've done it on our on our Saturday morning cartoon series. Yes. Yeah oh my
0: god awesome uh yeah. speaking of nick you have a new season coming up of saturday morning correct
2: september 4th we are doing oh. uh, we're relaunching season two and uh, we're doing all the saturday morning previews that they would do yes. the oh night that's the best before the new season would launch they would have you know and in fact here's a tie-in i'm just realizing now the one i picked was uh 1983 weird al um, oh. Hosting it from Knott's Berry Farm with an animated <laughs> Scooby and Scrappy Doo, or with a costume Scooby and Scrappy Doo, and one of the uh, shows that he's introducing is Turbo Teen. Yes, um, with that might be guys. the
0: highlight of Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> ep- that Chip, if you haven't seen it, it's it's almost like who's the director of the the body dysmorphic horror films? David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. Does he does he become a
2: motorcycle?
0: He becomes a, a car. A There's car, a different
2: okay. motorcycle one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he it's a teen who morphs into a, like a Trans Am. Okay. And foils bandits and things like that. And it's Joe and right. Nick or George
0: would literally slow down right between when his face and the front of the car would kind of like, cha-
2: it's so disturbing. I, it literally I'm, looking, is I'm looking at it right now. Yes, I do. Yeah.
1: I do remember this. Awful. Awful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Whoa. so September fourth, you get to see Weird Al introduce and Scrappy Doo introduce Turbo Team.
1: And where can they fi- where can people find that? Oh, that's at um, on
2: our YouTube and Facebook uh, channels, Fa- Found Footage Festival.
0: And you have VCR Party every Tuesday night, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then Nick, you have a you have an affinity, I'd say, for Weird Al. You also have another affinity, I'd say, for another super popular. Character actor, TV's Alf.
2: Yes, it's been and right. I believe you have your yeah. own show, Willie's Garage. We, we recap all episodes of Alf. We bring on special guests. Chip has been a guest. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Chip, you'd be happy to know that I recently interviewed uh, Pete and Pete. Um, oh, and I told wow. them about your revelation. Oh, uh, what did the they, Wayne what did he- Schlegel revelation. Yeah, and they were sort of nonplussed by it. But they did say that the writers were constantly watching TV uh, while, you know, in their room instead of writing. And so that they probably had that deep cut knowledge of Wayne Schlegel being mentioned on ALF and then included it in a Pete and Pete episode. That's great. Yeah. So they acknowledged it. And um, the big news is on September 22nd, which is the 35th anniversary of the debut of ALF. Um, we are holding a 24-hour, or not a 24-hour, a 13-hour Alfathon, <laughs> where me and my reluctant co-host George oh, are watching George. <laughs> all 13, all 26 episodes of the se- season two of Alf in a row, no breaks. We're bringing on special guests, like an Alf writer. I believe Chip is going to come and perform oh. a an
1: specific Alf-based stand-up. Oh. Alf-based stand-up, yeah. There will be yeah, Alf-based stand-up.
0: Nick, so, will the uh, yeah. will the Alf coat? will the ALF coat be making an appearance? Yes.
2: I have a coat made of uh, 70 Burger King <laughs> ALF um, puppets. Uh, so it's an ALF fur coat. It'll be making a debut. We'll uh, be watching uh, during night. We might get in our ALF sleeping bag, watch some episodes from the ALF tent. Um, it's going to be we'll have an ALF cookie jar there for nourishment. It's going to be we'll, we'll go insane.
0: You will go insane. Yeah. And,
2: and God bless George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, it was his idea. He wants to get it over with in one fell swoop. Oh, is that? That's ripping off of the band aid instead of, you know, doing it over the course of a whole. Uh, I know fall. he's
0: legally obligated to watch all of them with you. And I guess that's probably the best. Way.
2: And we hope people will tune in for summer part. We're starting at a 10 a.m. Eastern on our uh, twitch.tv slash found footage festival. And um Yeah, you can watch us live kind of slowly go mad over the course of 13 hours. Yeah, Do you
0: think that will come anywhere close to, I believe, you and your co-host of VCR Party, Joe, spent a good amount of time watching a particular TV
2: series years ago. We watched all the box set for um, for, uh, Full House came out (laughs) in a uh, full house in a... you know, like uh, one of those San Francisco houses that came in the Mm -hmm. shape of the house. And so I, I wrote to the place and I said, um, can you give me an advanced copy? We'll cover this for entertainment weekly. I didn't know anybody at entertainment weekly, but I wrote them, (laughs) I wrote them afterwards and said, Hey, I'm pitching this story where we watch it all in a row. It's uh, three and a half days straight of nothing, but full house. And, um, and they said, yeah. So we, we watched all for three and a half days. We kept a, a video log uh, of us going into parts. I don't remember. I'm wearing the roof of the DVD box set <laughs> on my head at one point. Um, we, we kept tallies of all the catchphrases. We watched uh, the Olsen twins get not cute enough. So they brought in those two Moppet yep. head twins mm-hmm. and and uh, we were a little bit too old to watch Full House when it was out, so it was the first time watching it uh, for us. And uh, we had guests over to watch it briefly, and uh, again, we, it took a while to recover. Um, and unlike the end of an 80s movie, there was no fanfare. We just kind of went, all right, that's it, I guess I'm going home. And oh. yeah. But no that confetti, no yeah. you, you just you just grabbed your Alf duffel, duffel bag and started hiking <laughs> that was it it was yeah. like the end of a uh, incredible hulk you know yeah, tripping kinda...
0: over Joe's uh, just beer cans everywhere yeah. I essentially imagine. yeah, yeah right. essentially yeah we did um, have a
2: treadmill going um, so we <laughs> could kind of keep somewhat in shape but it was it was just sickening
0: that was the training you needed to do to get your body and mind in shape for this Walk in the park 13 hour Alf
2: Fest. Oh, I could do it in my sleep. There you go.
0: Well, Nick, thank you so much. This is so we're gonna be looking forward to more Alf goodness. We can, like I said, just go to Found Footage Festival on YouTube, um, type it in anywhere, and uh you can find out all about VCR Party, Saturday morning cartoons, Willie's Garage, and the Alf Fest. Um Thanks for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. You thank start, you, Douglas. Do we start running now or just, Yeah, does, we're going to we okay. just basically run now and just okay. let us know after we're done recording where you are and then we'll just get you. Okay. There. Sounds good. Send us I your, think I got send the the your format. Fitbit info. Yeah. <laughs> just send your Fitbit upload it to Strava with your Garmin device and then we'll all kind of get the GPS coordinates together. We'll okay. post that on the website and then we'll call it a run.
2: Okay. Got it. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks,
0: Nick. Thanks, Nick. We really appreciate it. All right. So we'll see you. Nick Pruer. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the greats Uh, you couldn't ask for more knowledgeable, bigger fan for the movie UHF. And I'm very excited. The thing about Nick is like, I've never really been an ALF fan until Chip, you kind of got me into ALF. I watched a couple and I'm like, all right. Then I watched a couple of Willie's garage now i
1: enjoy the show yeah it's uh i mean it's difficult to watch from time to time but at being my age i mean just came in i think i was eight when Alf started and just i mean it was just such a phenomenon that it it was it was so it was so much fun my brother and i loved monday evenings because uh, because was Was that was that alf night monday monday evenings i think at 8 p.m on nbc I Chip, I
0: got, I got a couple more questions for you. All what right. do you think Weird Al's biggest hit, chart hit of all time is? What song?
1: Is it Amish Paradise?
0: Amish Paradise comes in at number four, Chip. Amish Paradise, Hot 100.
1: Wait, it came in at number four?
0: Number uh, four. So he we, so we, so we has three bigger right. hits. Three big, This one, Amish Paradise. Uh, uh, was is Is Fat up there?
1: Fat, and eat it. Michael or, Jackson's bad. Uh, no. no Wow. Okay. So, so go ahead. Go ahead. What?
0: Amish Paradise uh, peaked at uh, number fifty three on the okay. on the Hot one hundred chart, nineteen ninety six. Um, close to Fat, eat it. Okay. Number two, eat it was okay. number two. was yeah, big. Okay. Peaked at number twelve in nineteen eighty four. All right. Um, and I'd say it seems like the number one was. 2006 one of his more recent ones a little parody of chameleonaires riding dirty white and nerdy that was a big one like even wow. not being cognizant of that weird Al world i remember that song in video yes. oh sure very that peaked at number nine okay and then uh, rounding it out number three like a Sir- like a sturgeon okay it was number three and number five smells like nirvana
1: that was a good, that was a big one.
0: That was yeah. a good one. Right. So there, there is big, like, you know, uh, big, big hits chart wise, not, not necessarily his best songs chip. Th-
1: no, there is a great video. And it was during that again, five, or six years ago, actually maybe longer when he did like a week, a uh, week or so of, he released a different video each day on YouTube for, for his new yeah. songs, for his new albums. He does a song called foil, which is, the Lord song Royals. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. We, could, we could be Royals. Royals. Uh great, uh, really great video, great parody, and just a great turn in the middle of that video. And I believe Mr. I want to say Mr. Patton Oswald is oh. uh in that video, but uh really, really funny. Foil, check it out. Nice. Yeah.
0: Chip, what do you have coming up, buddy? You're gonna be on Alf Fest. I know that's probably the thing. Yes, you're most excited I about. I
1: think I, I think the, uh, the 22nd of, uh, of, uh, of September, I'm going to be yeah. doing, doing that. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter at chip chantry, and I'm doing a big show that I would love. I, you know, I say, Hey, come out to see me, whatever, mm-hmm. especially during COVID, you know, I, I, try not to push it too much. Uh, I want people to come out to see me on uh, right before Outfest fest on Thursday, September 16th, big night. At uh, under the dome outdoors, so it's a little more safe. Yep. Under the j- dome at Soul Joel's Comedy Club in Royersford, PA, out in the suburbs. Yep, Ford, not too
0: far from the city.
1: Not too far from the city, but out in the suburbs. It's it's amazing. It's like half a football field size dome, mm-hmm. but it's open air, so yeah. it's like it's, it's a roof. Um, there's it, and then he puts sand down, so it's like a beach. You bring your own everything. You bring your own chair. You bring your own food. You bring your own drinks. They space you out, uh, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a great show. I'm raising money for the Audubon Oaks Lions Club, which I'm a part of, my dad's part of, my uncle's part of, Some my, my cousins are part of. Uh, it's a great charity, and it's going to be a really fun night. I have Brendan Vincent Jackson is going to be uh, on the show as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'd love for people to come out on Thursday, September 16th. Uh, at Soldiers. Soldiers soldiers uh, in it and uh you can find that uh just uh, on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, you find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, or go to Soul Joel's website. I think it's Soul Joel Productions, maybe, and uh you can uh you can check that out. Me being a Lions, do you think I would get any special treatment if I
0: considered joining the Royersford Lions Club?
1: I think so. I mean what? you already have the name, Jeff. I yeah. think.
0: Should we tease our next, this was our Thursday Night Movie Club mm-hmm. with uh, Nick Pruer, UHF. I think it was a, a resounding hit. Yeah. People are going to love it. We have another big one coming up. Yeah, we do. We have, we're going to watch a movie that I don't think either have seen. I have not. I, I don't think it looks maybe great, but I think it looks fun. Yes, it's a movie from the 80s or early 90s called Girls Just Want to Have Fun, right? Yes. And a good friend of ours, actress Santa Moses will be joining us. She is a wonderfully funny actress, um, been in a bunch of things on TV, child actress. She's still acting today in many great things. Um, we'll put out more information on that. So we're going to do that in about two weeks for our next Thursday night movie club. And again, that is Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I believe it is Sarah Jessica Parker mm-hmm. and Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. I believe they're gymnasts and they're in high school. Yeah. Let's- what else?
1: What else? What else could you want i'm just hoping jeff what are the odds that there is going to be a big culminating scene at the end of this i movie? love it i want
0: to, all the movies we pick and they probably will all have that joyous culmination of the whole movie where everyone who was in the movie who's not dead
1: mm-hmm. shows
0: up somehow okay.
1: so so far uhf yes yes, yes. rad yes, yes. so gonna, we're two for two yeah
0: gonna yeah gonna say most likely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think this is going to be. Maybe we should tell people the only criteria, the only thing we want from your movie is the ending has to be one big joyous scene,
1: big culminating joyous yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: All right, buddy. Well, we're yeah, gonna we're hope. gonna wrap it up here.
1: Yeah. Let's uh let's go off into the sunset with our own joyous big scene. Right yes.
0: Now. All right, guys. Thanks for joining in. Check out Chip. Uh, all things Chip Chantry, Soul Joel's Check me out. I have, uh, again, absolutely nothing going on.